Hey everybody, Diana here for the Change Worker Podcast. Going down another interesting rabbit hole of um, words and meaning and intention. Today I'll be talking about something I've been thinking about. I think about a lot of things a lot of the time, apparently. Um, How do you guide someone? And so one of the things that I've learned recently about myself is that I am a guide. I am um, someone who has learned a lot from my life and have been able to help a lot of people as, as an example, as an alternative or an option to what someone might be experiencing right now that they'd never thought of. And I'm one of those people. It's, it's sort of not a way shower, but, uh, you know, these are all words I could throw about. But um, I've just been really letting my brain chew on this idea of being a guide to someone because a part of me is as a coach and a massage therapist, I'm very leery of doing the work for my clients. And so I've been looking into being a guide from a sort of a compassionate detachment and not necessarily showing, definitely not telling, but guiding my clients to where they want to go. And there are nuances and different connotations and intentions behind some of these words that I've had to parse out for myself. And I think a lot of people being change workers are very aware sometimes of this fine line of telling and not showing or guiding and why we would want to guide our clients rather than just tell them. There are many benefits to this. I think really key benefits to our clients, not necessarily to our own comfort of being able to tell somebody, hey, just do this. (laughs) It might work for you. Um, And I've spent a lot of my past doing just that with some some people along my life trails um, that you know, it doesn't help them. I mean, it helps them in the moment. They get a relief when you tell them what to do, especially when they're stuck and confused. Just tell me what to do. I can't tell you how many times I've said that out loud to somebody. Just tell me what I need to do next. And really, we're all here to learn not everybody else's way, but our own. How do we build this sense of resilience and resourcefulness in ourselves? We do that by challenging figuring ourselves to figure it out. But you can have guides in your life, as I have, where I knew I was being taught something. I knew they, this person or group of people was providing a bunch of resources to me that would enable me to keep going in the direction that I wanted to go in my own evolution. And, and I recognized, I remember just getting in one person's face, I was so frustrated and it was, and he, he saw how frustrated I was, but he was, he was very gentle, but firm. You have to take these steps on your own. No one else can do them for you. And that was a hard lesson. And I recognized it, disliked that man for a long time, but, uh, you know, in retrospect, really appreciate the lesson that I learned. So it, it, when I look at all of those things, I'm sure you have examples of those types of things in your own life. But when it comes to um, 
being a coach and being a massage therapist is that, you know, in, in essence, we don't want to do harm, not intentionally anyway. We are human, so we may make mistakes in how we handled certain things with our clients that, you know, didn't work out well for them at all. And that's something we have to deal with. I think that's just inevitable as a part of our process and theirs. So I look at this as um, I, I chose this because this particular topic, because like I said, I've been thinking about it a long time. And spent some time with it. And if I am a guide, if that's the word I'm choosing to use as my role for my clients, what do I want that to mean for me? And of course, I did go down a rabbit hole of um, definitions of what to guide means. And so, of course, you've been listening to this long enough. The definition to guide includes these meanings, advises, shows the way directs the motion positioning of something, has an influence on course of action of someone or something, um, and synonyms include engineering, lead, pilot, and steer. So guiding implies an intimate knowledge of the way to somewhere. We've already taken those steps ourselves. We're aware of the pitfalls, the the so-called real and perceived dangers along our journeys, the difficulties, the obstacles, the challenges. So I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. And then there was a further discussion on this website about uh, the synonyms of guide, one of them being steer. Steering implies the ability to keep a course, stresses the capacity to maneuver correctly. And pilot. Pilot suggests guidance over dangerous, complicated course. And supervise is one of those words that's close to guide, with other, of course, meanings. Supervise, to look after and make decisions about. So when I look at those synonyms, um, steering, piloting, piloting, supervising, really it's... To me, they take on more of a caretaker role rather than a guide's role of a, a, a certain level of detachment and distance from our clients and where they're going, what they're going through. Not that we're thoughtless or careless or don't give a shit, but we just have to have two or three steps back from our clients' reactions to things in order to hold their space. The, the space for their own confusion, their own discomfort. And I think that's one of the harder, hardest places to be as a coach, as a massage therapist, well, really as a coach, where I know my client is struggling. They're looking at me impatiently. They're looking at me to just, just give me something to go on. Diana, please, you're my coach. You're supposed to tell me what to do. What What would you do? And so through my own coach coach training, I've had to step back and, and sort of laugh because they know what I'm going to say. And they're, you know, I'm going to say, I cannot do this work for you. The reason you're here with me as your coach is so that I can guide you using your own resources, using your own brain, your own body, 
all of that, what that entails for you to determine your next steps, your own solutions, your own, your own ownership over those next steps, taking the responsibility for those steps. So that's a really hard thing to do if you're you're one of those people like I have been where people come to me for all kinds of things. Diana, just tell me, hey, what do you think about this? And I have been on the course of my life, Diana, what should I do? And I would, of course, try to tell them what I thought because I apparently see things in a different way than a lot of people do. And I didn't really celebrate that until the last 15 years or so of my life. And so I just, I was like, well, this is what I would do, you know, and I would provide it. And and I felt so pressured to provide that for them because they needed help. And I recognized they needed help and I, I could help them. And if they just did what I did, say I, they should do, then, you know, they will be better off, right? Those are, there are a whole host of assumptions under that um, approach, which I learned very quickly when I was in coach certification. It's one of the huge benefits of being a guide, not the pilot, the, the steerer, not the engineer, um, not the supervisor, is that we are teaching our clients a huge lesson in using their own resources and making their own decisions and taking responsibilities for those decisions, figuring it the hell out. Resourcefulness in its deepest, most personal form. And because if we help our clients dig deep for their own answers through all the tangles of fear and uh, helpless narratives they've been telling themselves for years, once we help them get through that and navigate it on their own, they'll be able to do it again. So of course, ultimately, I've always said this to my massage therapy clients and I've said this to my coaching clients. At one point, you're not going to need me. And that is a beautiful thing. That is what I, as a change worker, want to have. I'll be there for those clients who have figured it out and have learned that um, their own sustainability in their own resources. And I love to see it, that it just, it warms me throughout to know that my clients have learned really hard lessons. And I was tickled I could be there to help them along the way. I'm not going to do the heavy lifting. I'm not going to tell them what to do. I am going to offer them options. I am going to steer them through those tangled forests of their own mind where they're used to hearing and telling themselves, there's no way in hell you're going to get through this. This is not possible for you. That is our role as a coach as a counselor, as some, uh, as a therapist, as a body worker, we can only do so much for our clients. There's a point where it's out of our hands. And those are difficult conversations to have for the people who, who keep coming back to us expecting and maybe in the past getting some of the solutions 
that we thought were wise for them. And there's a point when I have a client right now, and I flat out told her, this is a massage therapist client, where I flat out told her, I said, there is only so much I can do for you. I have reached the limits of what I can do for you as a massage therapist. Everything else is, is under somebody else's scope of practice and wheelhouse. So I want you to understand, truly understand, that when you come to see me, this is as far as we can go. And at some point, you're going to have to dig in and reach out to somebody else for more specialized help. And so, uh, and that's exactly pretty much how I phrased it to this client. She keeps coming back. And I, I just sense that, you know, I'm kind of like, I am in a way contorting myself to figure out different ways to help her. And this is kind of cool in some ways because I am look, going to my own resources. How else can I help her? What are some of the things that I've been looking into in terms of osteopathy and what I go, what I learn from my osteopath when I go get adjusted? What can I apply to her? What other resources can I tap into to help with her? I have my suspicions about what her problems are. And a lot of them are adjustments, which is not, not my thing. Not, I don't do those. I wish I did, but I, I don't. So here I am at this, this place where I am kind of contorting myself and getting frustrated. And that's, you know, and I keep kind of gently reminding her, I said, you need other help. What I'm going to be doing for you today will last maybe two or three days. There are deeper problems here. So, you know, that's all I can do. Um, and so it's, it's kind of an uncomfortable place to be, but I got to let it go. And through this client, again, I mean, I've had clients like this before, learning to let it go. So you've said and done all you can. And at what point... You can't force a client to go somewhere else because they're grown-ass adults. But you can keep them informed as to the, we're still at the limit. This is where we're going, always, probably always going to be. Unless enough time has passed and you've learned different techniques or um, certain things that you know will help this client specifically. That could happen. It has happened to me before, but it's going to run out because their expectations might be increasing and you're exhausting yourself trying to accommodate someone's inability in a way to help themselves further with another practitioner. So, and so I, going back to being a guide, you know, and I'm going, it's like guide, 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 guide. What the hell does that mean? And I've explored that. And what does that look like for me? What does that look like for a change worker who is always seeking to some extent, how can I help this client in a different way who I've been seeing perhaps for years? So, and if you're listening to this podcast at all, I'm assuming that you treasure learning as much as I do, that you understand that your role as a change worker is always evolving and we help our own evolution by learning 
even whether it's through a class or completely on your own through self-study. It doesn't matter. Learning. We learn more so we can guide our clients more effectively uh, with maybe more compassion, with more thought, with more patience. We learn so we can teach. And we could say, in this case, teaching is a synonym for guiding. I can teach my clients. I can give them context and then let them fill in the blanks for themselves. How is this information we are giving them going to help them? How can they take those nuggets of wisdom and make it their own, make it um, so that they take different actions, they have different behavior? Well, that's not up to us. But we can learn so those wisdom nuggets are coming out more and more and that helps our clients if they're listening. <laughs> and that's no that's no guarantee either. We teach even on ears that are not hearing us necessarily. We don't know it sinks in. We just hope that it does in some form at some time. So when I think of being a guide, I think of, I was just going back to basics. Like if I'm going to be a guide, one of the things I'm going to have to be aware of is where my client is in that moment. And how do I meet them where they are through being in the role of guide? So that to me means being patient, being mindful being um, really observant, both from a visual listening sense, but also from an intuitive. What are you picking up from their posture, by, from what they're saying or not saying? Um, how are they holding themselves? That's all information about meeting them where they are. And in, in some cases, you know, as an example, there was a woman I saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I looked at her and I knew she was emotionally very fragile. And she was holding herself in this sort of brittle way, just very carefully holding herself. Found out she's having surgery. She's in a lot of chronic pain. Nothing seems to be helping her. She will have surgery at some point in the future soon. and But chronic pain, as we know, is changes things in your personality and your behavior because it's inescapable. And so she cried and cried and cried on my table. And I let her because, you know, this, my table was her safe space and I let her have as much of that space as she wanted. And meanwhile, gently coaching her, gently guiding her to more neutral places within her own body, within, um, I couldn't, you know, she was just too fragile when I first saw her. So I had to be really careful about that. It was more about letting her be. And the second time I saw her, it was a more, I got more of the story because I asked very gentle questions and I, I, and was guiding her away from worst case scenario, thinking about her impending surgery and what that would mean for her immediate future after surgery and I just was like, You're going, your brain loves to go to worst case scenario. You're already thinking 10 years from now from a botched surgery. That is not helping you. <laughs> um, 
so that is what I mean by really paying attention to what they, and you know, even if you don't know where they are and you sense this fragility, is just in a way, shut your mouth too. Be quiet. Let them share. Let them speak. Hold that space powerfully and silently. And so I think part of this too is that if we're running from one type of client to the other and they're, you know, one is boisterous and sort of frenetic and then you have on the other side a, a client who is emotionally and physically fragile, then it's you have to be patient with yourself as well as them because that transition is it feels all kinds of wackadoodle to me. And I have to literally step back and gather myself before I go between those two types of energies. So it is taking time to gather your own thoughts, your intentions, your own energy. Like, okay, I'm pulling my energy back from this client over here who was frenetic all over the place, seemingly very happy, but sort of desperate with that, to this client who is obviously physically and emotionally taxed. And really just withdrawing from one and maybe looking forward to the other. Where do I need to be with this type of client in order to guide them to a better feeling, to a better place in their mind? As temporary, even as temporary as that might be. So it is about holding that space. It's holding it without judgment. It's holding it with love, with compassion, and a lot of patience for the both of you. And respect it's almost um, holding something precious in your hands. That's the type of space I'm talking about. Holding that person there in that moment with that, uh, and I, I'm sure there are other equivalents or other ways of saying this, but and I think I've talked about this before, but I learned it in massage therapy school, this idea, concept of unconditional positive regard. So that basically means accepting that person in front of you exactly as they are, without judgment, without, um, with some distance, but a healthy distance, not a withdrawn and uh, maybe more aloof distance, but just acceptance. This is who they are, and this is where I am with them as their guide, as their practitioner. So that's a whole lot of responsibility. And that is a role we grow into the longer we do this. And I started intentionally paying attention to that UPR and this role as a massage therapist, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I recognized how much power we have with our clients, with our, our energy, with our influence, with that space that we hold. So when I'm like a question asker. I like, well, tell me what's going on. How are, how are you navigating, in this case, my client with the impending surgery, how are you navigating this? What are you, are you taking care of yourself? Can you take care of yourself emotionally, physically? Um, what are you worried about? Um, who are you worried about? And then I, that helps me clarify, but it also, I think, clarifies that this for the clients. They're getting a sense, a grasp of the present moment because I'm asking them questions on purpose. I want to ground them to the present moment, not two years ago, two weeks ago, and not six months into the future. I want them where are they are now. And I 
help them recognize, uh, gently say, you, it sounds like you have a lot of resources. It sounds like you're getting a lot of help from your family and friends and from your husband. You're getting a lot of support indirectly from your daughters. You're getting a lot of support from, you're seeking out help by coming to me as your massage therapist. And so look at all the ways that you're being supported right now. And I know it feels like it's not enough because you're in pain and you're miserable. But one day, this, you don't have to accept that this is a life sentence, that where you are is going to last forever. Th things pass. And let's look toward that rather than staying really attached to this idea that your worst case scenarios are going to come true. Because we know they, they really don't. And worst case scenarios are sometimes hidden gifts. So... That's how I navigate some of that with my clients is just to give them, you know, I'm not trying to deny that they're miserable and they're in a lot of pain. I don't, you know, that's their experience. I'm not, I'm not going to try to talk them out of it or argue with them about it. I want them to see like, this is where you are and it sucks. And I'm so sorry that you're in so much pain, but now we, we have a choice. You have a choice and how you approach the surgery, and how you approach post-surgical experiences. <laughs> and right now, you don't know what the hell those are, so why are you going there? You have no idea what the result of the surgery is. So there is some tough love there because this particular client, um, I just felt very at home with her, and I was pretty blunt with her about stuff. And and it, some of it landed, some of it didn't, that's fine. Um, I'm assuming anyway, I don't know. But there's this whole idea that um, as change workers, there is an inherent frustration when we don't know what to say is to start making decisions for our clients for them. Because in those moments, in those rough moments, they can't seem to do it for themselves. And this is not what we should do, I think. Because the we're trying to be a guide to our clients, like I said earlier, so they can build their own confidence, their own belief in themselves, that they can figure it out themselves. They may, may need some help. We all need help at one form or another. We all need help in the, uh, in the way that we need to remind people of how much they've been able to do for themselves in the past and how many situations they've gotten themselves through on their own without help. We as change workers remind people that they've been resilient before and they're going to be resilient again. We just need to remind them of how powerful they are. Even when they're just flat out like, you are full of shit. You know, right now I don't want to believe you. I'm not in the place to believe you. And I, in those cases, I'm saying, I know that. I see that. But you're going to remember the words of your friend, of your coach, of your massage therapist in some of those dark moments. And those words that you heard are something to latch on to in those dark times. So I think in a way, you know, being a guide is about, it is about learning how to communicate with people, reading people in the right way, and really taking the time for our, ourselves to regroup like, okay, I am with a different energy right now. How do I want to handle this in a thoughtful, intentional way? If you have the luxury of time in between clients and to, to shift gears 
between people who are in, in very different places emotionally and physically. And I think that's really, we can't hurry this process. We can't hurry it in ourselves just to appease our client and their impatience. We really have to take the time for ourselves and them. And we can acknowledge their impatience. We can acknowledge that, yep, it sucks right now. And I know you, you just want to escape it. But right now, these are the things that I want you to be aware of. And knowing too, when they leave the session, that um, you did the best you could with what you had. We don't know the implications, the consequences of what we say to people. We can assume that something landed for them or for somebody. And we did the best we could. I think this is a, and the best we can do changes from session to session, minute to minute. And I think it's up to us in order to be really careful with our own resources so that they're not being exhausted by people who are not willing to do the work for themselves. And that we can give them that information with a whole lot of love, but ultimately we won't do the work for them. We're not going to do the emotional heavy lifting for our clients. That is not our job. So we're here to guide our clients and we need to figure out in our own ways what that looks like for each of them as well as ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week. Have a good one in between.